Welcome back sure. to the Great Podcast. Uh, we are back with another episode of the series for the Last Dance documentary. Got my boy Nile here. Yes, sir. Nina, Aaron Air Podcast. We in the building. Sure. Yes, sure. Uh, how you been doing, my man? Uh, it's been a week. Um, you know, we still in quarantine, still trapped. I, I don't know what's gonna happen um, no. in the future. Just don't. Um, I'm good. Um, just trying to finish last week. This is my last week of school, so. Nice. Um, the free time is about to be crazy. Yeah. Like I told you. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy out here. Some of these states are like trying to reopen or like half open. And I know people are getting, it's like, I think Georgia got like 2,000 new cases. So they open back That's up. That's crazy, bro. So, I don't know. I mean, they're trying to let us out, but like keep it at the same time. I'm just going to stay in until hopefully a vaccine is found because I'm not trying to risk it. We getting, we're getting too close into the next semester, man. I mean, I know ours is ending, but like, you know, school don't, you know, when school let out is the next two months, you got to prepare to be right back. So, I mean, hey, it's kind of scary. This, this dragged out stuff, man. But now we're going to get into the, going to get into the episode. So this Last Dance documentary, you know, documentary really went in depth into Jordan's three-peat uh, just his life in general and how he spent it when he wasn't in front of the media or the cameras. So, this episode, of course, you know, started off with Sean Kobe. I know everybody got the hints. Um, you know, RIP Kobe, man. Yes, sir. He's special to the game. He was our MJ uh, for some people. But the first segment we're going to be talking about is his relationship with Jordan. And you know, me and I, of course, we're millennials, but, you know, we, we really didn't know why Kobe got his game from Jordan. But the way Kobe talks about Jordan and, you know, you, you say you look up to somebody, you know, when you look up to somebody, it's like, okay, that, that person's my hero. I like to watch everything they do. But, like, for Kobe, it was different. Like, I didn't know it was that, like, it was at that level. Like, Kobe said he watched every detail on what he did. And it's like... You see pictures like compared to Michael and like yeah. them even backing up like when they're posting up a guy. Same face, all that. Crazy, bro. It's crazy. Like he looked at every little detail about Michael and and took it and put it in his game. So when people tell him, you know, what I'm saying he's nice at this, he's nice at that. He just he gives it to Michael, man. And man, that's just that's just crazy. That's that's just I just didn't know how close their relationship was because Michael really started that. You know, Michael was the reason why Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Took his moves because Michael offered to be his mentor in 1998. I um, I think it's kind of a testament to like what a student of the game Kobe was. Like, okay, I played the same position of the guy who had the same coach as me, Phil Jackson. Um, so I'm gonna ask him everything and everything he did, the way he dominated the era. I'm trying to do the same thing. And the fact that like, sometimes you hear stories like, um, like even like when you talk to us, like regular mentor, we try to talk to people like, you can call me whenever you need advice. Yeah. Call me whenever. But like Kobe like, okay, I'm gonna call you whenever, <laughs> whenever wherever. Like you even heard at um, Kobe's funeral, Michael was like, yeah. he called me at 3 a.m. asking about something in the triangle, like out of nowhere. Like, like who does that? Like some only people who wanna be great will ask somebody they consider great advice, stuff like that. Yeah, man. It's just, I mean, it was a shame that Kobe couldn't see us because, I mean, he would just see all our appreciation. Um, and that, and I just, I like how they, like in the 19, so like pretty much their first head-to-head battle was what, in the All-Star game in 1990. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't their first time playing each other, but like their first head-to-head because Kobe started at 19, which is crazy. But um, they called him that little Laker boy and he, you know, <laughs> That's crazy, bro. Like they really, they really were making jokes about him in the locker room, saying, you know, you know Jordan was all, yeah, he he don't let the game come to him. He, <laughs> he gonna force it. You know what I'm saying? He gonna make this a one on one. Correct. And that's what Kobe did, bro. Like that's what he really did. He went out there and took the game, man. And you know, I mean, and it shows like you 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 can't just do that. You can't just be a one on one player, a great one on one player, and not miss a lot of shots. So Kobe mm-hmm. has the most missed shots of all time, but he's one of the toughest shot takers I've ever seen, man, but. Yeah, um, I agree with that, especially like touching on the All-Star game, like 
like yeah, this like past All Star game was like very competitive because like the fourth quarter rules and stuff. Yeah. But like even seeing like Larry Bird, the coach in the locker room, saying like like going over actual like strategies for an All Star game, yeah. and like Michael Jordan on the bench, like no, we gonna make him work down here. Like this is not no regular. Like he's gonna work down here when he got me. There's yeah. no you taking could, off. Yeah, you you could definitely tell by like even like. Um, before the game when I think Kobe and Michael were walking down the hallway on opposite sides and he just tapped on the butt. It's not no, you know what I'm saying, hey, we talk, we speak. It just, it was really competitive back then. Um, and I, that's what, that's what a lot of, you know what I'm saying, old heads really take pride on is, was that, that competitiveness back in the day. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is, man. You know, with, with the evolution of the, of the game and social media, social media being implemented, is everybody's close now. Everybody knows each other, so it's not like you know. what I'm saying you're you're an enemy to that person like how it was back then. So it's just, it's Very true. just different. But the next topic we will touch on is how Michael became the goat, and like this is really how Michael became the goat. Like, of course, his basket, like his basketball game, did the talking, mm-hmm. but like. What makes you to go is like yourself on and off the court, and Michael, Michael did it on and off the court. I mean, he wasn't the most open guy; he was very private. But the thing that that the thing that made him to go was signing with Nike, and I feel like that made him to go because it gave him all these catchphrases and endorsements and commercials. Your Jordan, Mike, Nike, like everything just went together, bro. Like. It just showed you, like, okay, he was really meant to do this. Yeah, I um, I agree. Also, like, if you're thinking about it, like the way it's like, it's like continued to be passed down. Like, Mike stopped playing with Mike's prime. Whoa, Mike prime. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, Mike's prime. <laughs> Ended when he retired with the Bulls in '98, and. I think that last season he was wearing what his thirteens the most. Yeah, his thirteens. So if you look at it, like even today, like even us, like the shoe we get some money, the shoes we gonna try to go get in some days. Like it's like like we have dope it's dope by the shoes, but like there's no other shoe that really like we really trying to wear out on the streets besides like you don't see nobody just wearing Kobe's out on the street like that or like there's certain LeBrons you can wear out on the street. Yeah. There's not only really, like many LeBrons that like are built for both basketball yeah. court and on streetwear, so it's really it's really different how his brand kind of built this aura around him. Right, like like they said in the documentary, like basketball shoes were just meant to play basketball, and you know they weren't you know worn for fashion, you know they weren't worn to show off or like to stun on people, but like as you see when. When everybody everybody wanted Jordans, like everybody wanted Jordans, and it just created this culture, and it started in New York because Spike Lee kind of helped, you know, brand Michael Jordan. I didn't know that either, but man, Spike Lee's really played a big role in most of these athletes' lives. But I mean, I just feel like the the names that came with Jordan, like Air Jordan, like he could fly, like everything, like just like went into it perfectly. I don't like, I just. That's just crazy. Like now, that's why I can see why people like can call him the goat because because it's like not only does this man play out of his mind, but like off the court, this man got a shoe that's going for like millions, like millions. Yeah, and then like um, at least like the first episode, like yeah, he was like the first like freakish athlete, but he's also the first one to like also have like dope shoes and all that. And um, what was kind of weird to me, which is like how no times have changed. Yeah. I'm so used to like people only wearing J's like streetwear, like just to wear out. Yeah. I like to like Mike wearing like sevens and stuff, like looks weird on feet. Yeah. You hooping in like J's, like it kind of like don't happen no more really. Like people don't just like pull out sevens and eights and tens just to rock or hoop it. Like, like ones, like I'm pretty sure the, I, I, I know I heard in the Undisputed uh, show this morning that you know, ones back then didn't really have cushion. You know what I'm saying? Shannon Sharp and uh, Skip Bayless, they were talking about how, you know what I'm saying, ones back in the 90s, they didn't really have cushion like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jordan wore them in his last game in 1998. 
and uh, wind up, uh, you know, bleeding and soaking up his socks with blood. And that's just crazy because it's like, that just shows like, that just shows like the ones really weren't for hooping, bro. But like, now you see everybody, like Jordans will never go out of style, but now you see everybody doing ones, twos, threes, anything, bro. Because it's just like evolution that comes with that padding, extra technology now. Yeah. He even um, told Tony Kukoc that like, he was putting the ones on versus the next. He was like, they showed the 13th. He was like, the difference between these is, is crazy. The innovation is <laughs> just just that length of time mm -hmm. but yeah uh, alright now we're going to get into we're going to get into where the NBA really started becoming global like the NBA really started becoming global with the 1992 Dream Team sir I didn't I didn't really understand the impact that the Dream Team had I don't know how the teams in the Olympics were back then, but I'm pretty sure they were nothing like the 1992 Dream Team. Oh. Who did they have? Charles, David, Robinson. I had the, the roster in front of me. They got Barkley, Larry, Clyde, Patrick Ewan, Magic, Michael, Christian Leitner, you know, should have Shaq, Carl <laughs> uh, Malone, Chris Mullen, Scotty Pippen, David Robson, John Stockton. Wait, wait, wait. Imagine if Shaq would have been on that team. Yeah, I never been wild. What? I feel like they would, he would have fit in like personality wise too. Like they really didn't. Wait, you said Hakeem, right? No, they didn't put. No, they put Christian Leitner in there. Hakeem is on the. Uh, we should also talk compare them with the '96 uh, Olympic team, which is very good, also. Um, these rosters. Where is the redeem team? But um, cause I know the I know the team in '96 had like Shaq, Hakeem, like Reggie. Uh, they had some folks on there. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, yeah. All right. That's how I want to say. It. So, like, if we're going off like straight team for team, they probably weren't the best team. Like, yeah. Uh, they had the most players that probably had the highest impact on the NBA and globally because you got Michael, you got Magic Johnson, you got Larry Bird. And that's probably those those three are probably the headlines of that team. But I didn't really understand the impact that they had um, because, of course, I'm young. But they really made the NBA global, and mainly Michael because, like, when they came back from winning that gold medal, like, I mean, it was just like hundreds of thousands of people like they're waiting for them, bro. And it's just like, wow, this is really bigger than basketball and back then I guess like you know what I'm saying Olympics watching the Olympics wasn't you know what I'm saying okay back then but like now like everybody wants to watch the Olympics you know what I'm saying right everybody wants to, you know they put them on TV now on NBC but like everybody wants to watch the Olympic team during that summer but I just I just feel like they had impactful players but besides that um I really liked how they went at Tony Kukoc. Yeah. Uh, and that was I, another thing. Another thing, Jerry Klaus, bro, he's ridiculous, bro. Bro, it's like, he's like the root of like the issue. And it like, you would think like from the first, like the first few episodes, you would think it just, it just started like that last dance season. Right, right. You just think it would just be that one time or that couple times, but it was literally the whole run. The like, whole I'm talking about like we saw like the insults he said the first like first episode but like this even after the second title um Jerry you can't have a cigar because it's gonna start your growth like he like this started way before the last <laughs> run like Mike and them was not with it like and just like even like he, like they interviewed him he was like yeah. he was like um you know the organization is just great we're just the greatest of all time like yeah the players and stuff are great da, 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 but it starts at the top and moves that like. And he no. said his name too, right? He's like, it starts with Jerry. He's like, Jerry, Jerry Reinstall, Jerry Crowd. Like, no, bro, you're supposed to say, these players are great. We love our fans, yada, yada, yada. We're just happy to bring a title. Like, that's all, as a GM, that's all you're supposed to say. Yeah, bro, you're not supposed to go into all that, bro. That's just, you just sound selfish right there. But, I mean, so they said in the documentary that Jerry Klaus was going to watch Tony Kukoc, uh, who wound up being a good player for the Bulls, but he was, they were watching Tony Kukoc. Well, he was watching Tony Kukoc, Kukoc overseas while they were in season. Was it the season they were trying to three-peat? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was the season they were trying to three-peat, you know, three but he was saying how Tony Kukoc can be 
you know, the future of the Bulls. And like, like everything just works out perfectly for them. And Michael and, and Scotty got a chance to, you know, so make Jerry look dumb, at least in that first game that they played him. And what was, who was he playing for, Croatia? Yeah. Like Croatia, like, is, is that the best team they played? Cause they want to play them in the, the gold, in the gold medal championship game. Yeah, I didn't even know. Um, I didn't even know they played uh, Tony Kukos twice until yeah. yesterday. Yeah, but uh, I think he played better the second time, and yeah. I earned a little bit of respect. But uh, you know, Scotty wasn't having it, especially mm-hmm. because he wasn't getting paid. But I just I like that. I like how they I like how they showed that because it just shows more about how Jerry Klaus uh, really just cared about himself. Um, I do want to touch on also how this man Mike was like such like money like money was really all, always on this man's mind like I don't know like the fact that when you see the picture of the dream team when the ring he got we all know he had like the American flag yeah. over his shoulder but like the way that like it's because he, he really wanted to cover the Reebok logo because he's yeah. a Nike athlete obviously right and him as the best player he didn't want someone else's brain shown when they went to go medal but like the way you disguise that, like nobody's gonna complain for you putting the American flag over. Right. It's nothing like, like if Reebok came out was like, cause he, remember he was saying like they would withhold his gold medal or something. Yeah. Like Reebok would come out and be like, you can't get a gold medal because you wore our nation on your shoulder. Like you can't say that. Like you can't. You can't say that. You're embracing it. Yeah. You can't say something like that's just. This is a great brand, like just being a great brand athlete. Yeah. And plus, Michael was global. Like, you, you're not gonna hold, you're not gonna hold the gold medal from the MVP yeah, of, of the Olympics. You know what I'm saying? But no, I I, just, I completely agree with that. Uh, Michael always cared about his money. He really cared. And it's like people say it's selfish, but it's like when you you hide yourself or you try to not show a lot about yourself, you're only just being smart and trying to, you know, and protect your image. That's how I see it. I mean, I mean, Michael isn't like LeBron. He doesn't come out and speak um, for social injustice or about politics, but he protects and does what he got to do, man. Mm-hmm. He's out here breaking no laws. He ain't, he ain't out here doing no crazy stuff. So. No, he's not. Um, before we get to that whole social stuff with Michael, yeah. um, I do want to compare some of these teams to the Dream Team. Oh, yeah. Because... We know the 08, they gave the Redeem team. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Um, basically, has like all the current people of this era, all of them in their prime were on this team. So we have, we have Prime J Kid, Carlos Boozer, Braun, Darren Williams in his prime, Michael Red, D Wade, Kobe. Oh my God. Dwight in his prime. Chris Boss with the Dreads. Smart, uh, <laughs> with the we got CP3 in New Orleans. Like, if you look at the age, somebody like Broad 23. Nobody was in their 30s on this team. Like, nobody. Like, I'm looking at it like. Other than who? Day Kid. Day Kid's 35. But he was that's that to the title. Oh, yeah, he was 35. I, I didn't see it. Tayshawn Prince and then Mello with the braids. Like, come on. Day Kid was in the league for a minute. Hello. Kobe, bro. Like, Kobe was like a dog dog. He, that's right before the two rings too, so he really was about to catch fire. And they had Hello Mellow, like with the braids, just body bag Mellow. Darren Williams was tough too. Like, like you said, like the status of the people in the Dream Team is amazing. Yeah, you literally have Bird and Magic who carried the '80s, brought basketball really back to popularity, and you got Scotty and Mike who, of course, dominated the '90s. Charles, who won an MVP in there, like, and like all these people went to finals. They Robinson, everybody there, but like, as they said, like, Larry and Maddie really were just mentors, enjoying the ride. Really, um, Mike and Dominic, of course, everybody was like in their prime essentially. But like, if you look at the the 08, like, it's just different. Like, okay, yeah, if you look at the the actual talent and skill gap <clears throat> between these two teams. I mean, besides, you know what I'm saying, you got David Robinson, Blair Prime, Jordan, Charles, Scotty, 
And I don't. I, I need to actually like look at the team stats, but I know Michael was definitely the most valuable player. Mm-hmm. There's like six different most valuable players on on the 2008 redeem. Yeah. What the? Like this is this is crazy. Like there's no way we're comparing. I'm taking that redeem team. Everything. Yeah, and I know they said the dream team had like two starting lineups. I don't know which who was who. I know like Magic's five and Michael's five, yeah. but um like. I don't know, like the, the starting five, this redeem team can throw out. Like, right, the fact that you can have Prime Dwight, like you can have like C, I think it was CP, Kobe, CP, Kobe, Braun, Prime Dwight, and then the four, you could just, you could throw Bosch in there. You can go small, throw Melo in there, like Carlos Boozer in there, like. And like J Kid, like if you wanted to put J Kid against Magic, like. He's six five, you know what I'm saying? He's he's not he's not no little point guard. Saying throw Kobe at the two. Okay, like throw D Wade at the one or something crazy like that. Like, this team is so versatile and the talent, bro. Now, a team that I feel like is very slept on is a team after the dream team. Okay. Ninety six Olympic team. Ooh. Now, I'm gonna name you the team on here. Okay, we got we got Penny. All right. Penny, Charles is still there, David Robinson is still there, Gary Payton. Prime Grand Hill, Hakeem after the two rings, Stockton and Malone still, uh, Mitch Richmond, Reggie Miller, Scotty Pippen, and Shaq. Mm. That's that's a team right there. And they want to go medal as well. Yeah, you talk about matching up like you can put Penny on Magic. Um, the two, I mean, maybe Reggie. I mean, Mike probably gonna dominate whoever because you don't got Mike or Kobe over here, so. But then you can just throw Scotty at the three, and then you can have Hakeem and Shaq in the starting lineup. Man. Or you can put Gary Payton. Or you can put uh, Grant Hill at the three. and it's, it's, it's a lot. It was – the guys were a lot – they were definitely older. Like, everybody was almost in their 30s. Shaq and Penny were kind of young. But like, everybody else was kind of in their 30s for real. That's why that's a forgotten team, which is kind of – the fact you have Shaq and Hakeem is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, no, those those are some great teams. Yeah. But yeah, I think if we pick in just off talent, I would take the redeem team over any team. Yeah. Yeah. Most we talking impact and like um status. It's the dream team, obviously. Oh, I completely agree. All right. get into some be like Mike yes so the commercial be like Mike was probably like if I was born back then like I'm not even gonna lie that commercial would get on my, my nerves bro. <laughs> sometimes I dream that he is me be like Mike <laughs> I wanna be I wanna be like, like do you really wanna be like this dude bro because like, like people really people really think like fame people really feel like well first of all people crave fame for some reason like I don't get why people crave fame Cra- craving wealth is different I crave wealth you know yeah. will I do the things necessarily you know necessary to get it you know what I'm saying that's that's the answer I need to figure out but fame I can never crave, crave fame and for you to want to be like somebody like I feel like they really put that pressure on Michael. Mm-hmm. They really put that pressure on Michael, uh, which you know eventually drove him to retirement because you can't really be like Michael Jordan. Like after every game, this man has to has like what five minutes until the media is all in his face. Like I seen his one picture; it looks looks like a tsunami, like just like a, a whirlpool of like media around this man. It's like he cannot walk anywhere. You know what I'm saying? He has one inch of room. I mean, before games, they say he had to, you know what I'm saying, talk with, you know, the mentally ill. And, you know, and he was genuine about it. I'm pretty sure he went about it the right way because, you know, the cameras are on him when, when he's in the arena. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I don't know, I, I got a lot of respect for Michael after seeing that because just because it wasn't the social media era doesn't mean he still had, he still didn't have a lot of attention on him. And like all the the gambling and the poli- you know, the politics criticism 
uh, it got to him, but he never showed, you know what I'm saying? He never showed himself slipping. He never, you never caught him slipping, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Michael always, you know, he didn't hide, but like he just kept his life private. And I just gained a lot of respect for him after, um, after they showed that little, those couple scenes of, of Michael and how he goes on about the media. Yeah, um, like the way they broke down, like I guess, we, I guess a game day in a sense, right? It was kind of wild. Like the fact that after a game, like that little like creek through that side door, and like you can like barely get to your locker. Yeah, that's like bro. so many like. But that's like that's like back in the day where like, cause now today like like media like it's just like this phone, and there's like there's light lights and like like they have like beaming flashing lights <laughs> in his face like bro like what are we like we can't just have a phone just talk to him but um yeah like and then like it said like as soon as he leaves that it's like I don't know how this was then like that fans could be like in the right like even in hotels like they really yeah. this man like boxed in in hotels it's like how do you even know what hotel he's staying <laughs> yeah it's like you know what hotel he's staying in as soon as he steps up the elevator it's a crowd like I'm like bro this is like the fact that he said all the time free time he has on the road is in his hotel that means that means like things like the team dinners that players always talk about stuff like that that's probably was a hassle where they did it within a hotel room like yeah. so like I, I do commend him on that cause even like, cause then, cause it probably like in some aspects was worse. Cause like today, people probably like spam like stars mentions and stuff like that. Like you probably can't just have your phone. So you have like mute all notifications on there. But like people back then, literally wanted to like drive, look up where you was at, then just stand there and wait for you. Like it's a crowd right. waiting for you. Right, and that's and that's like the and that's like the difference. Like I was saying, like you could actually. See like guys like LeBron on social media. I mean, he posts every day on his story. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Other accounts post his stuff on Twitter. But like Michael Jordan, from what I'm getting from the documentary, is that you couldn't really see him often. So you had to like catch him. You had to catch him like yes. going out somewhere or something like that. And uh, that's why they referred to him like as godly like because it's like you barely would see him unless you like actually saw him in person. But um, the just the pressure of, of being the greatest man I just didn't I didn't know it was forced on him like that that's why I just have a lot of respect mm-hmm. for him like, like for him being the face of the league at that time and the only guy with a shoe like I can't imagine being in that man's in that man's I don't know I couldn't be imagine being in his shoes because like now like now like I think about it, it's like okay maybe gambling is just a getaway from all that mm-hmm. I'm saying can't really put it on him like oh he's just a gambler he just wants to take his money but like maybe he's just trying to get away from all this you know all this spotlight but, yeah that's a um that's a good point like yeah. going back to like the like catching him like that clip of like the people like across the street in the parking lot like yeah. like crowded just to see him literally he's just walking to the bus like, <laughs> five seconds <laughs> that's literally all you're gonna see is him in a suit walking to a bus but um and then like the political stuff like personally like i'm one of the people who can like any like anything i can separate you like from your like ties and stuff i can separate from what that and like what right. you do just like rappers you know? yeah like i can separate you to me in my opinion so like the fact that he didn't support that one black um well he ran for the senator or whatever yeah, he ran for senator or something um i mean like not all i can't ask all athletes to be advocates and activists like i can't some people just want to play basketball, take care of their family, and go home. Like, I'm and not mad at that. Exactly, and it's like, it's always been like that for athletes. It's like, okay, we only can do something if it's agreeing with us. You know what I'm saying? It can't be their decision somehow. I don't know, man. It's just, it's difficult. So, like, to be the best at the world at that time where you can really like get super close and like see these athletes because there's really like no social media now and and stuff like that. But it's just, I just really gained a lot of respect for Mike and he definitely has a mental toughness like you were saying, but like, I just feel like 
all that off the, off the court stuff really drove him from the game, kind of, because it's like he just simply wanted to play basketball. Like, if you ask him, it's like, yo, he just loved hooping. Like, he loved being competitive. Now, he probably did gain a love for, like, gambling and just, you know what I'm saying, taking people's money because he was just good at it. I mean, if you're good at taking somebody's yeah. money, like, you're not going to stop doing that. But uh, he really just wanted to hoop, bro. Like, it's really showing me, like, he just, that's all he wanted to do is hoop. Some people, you know what I'm saying? And and that's why I don't think, that's why I think everybody, you know what I'm saying, says he's untouchable compared to like anybody who's great now because that's all Michael wanted to do. But you, I mean, we see he wasn't perfect. Of course he gambled, but like, it's like LeBron has, you know, he does this and he does that. He builds schools, mm-hmm. he wants to do movies, but Michael was the first to do all that stuff at one time, you know what I'm saying? Just because he didn't show himself doesn't mean like he didn't do all that stuff, which he did all that stuff. But but just because he wants to hoop and he and he hides himself and LeBron doesn't, that makes Jordan untouchable. I don't know, man. Yeah, um, I do agree with your point. Like, it might have been like gambling might have been like some like something to get away and something of leisure. Right. But you see or hear all the stories like when he gambled, like he's playing golf with friends or. Like the dream team, they said they play cards every night. But he's really just trying to bond with people the only way he knows how because anywhere else he goes, he can't escape with his friends essentially. Right. So like all I can do is play cards with my boys or gamble with the security dudes <laughs> because we can just throw I don't know, they just throwing quarters. I don't know what game that is. I don't know. Yeah, that is, yeah. I don't know what that was. My man, my white dude hit him with the shrug, like, hey Mike, listen. That's my one Mike. <laughs> That's right. But he said, Mike said, my one road here for it. Like, the arrogance you have to have just, like, bet like that is hilarious. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, like his escape. And it's not like, like you said, he's not breaking any rules. He's not. Nobody's ever mad. Like, yeah, he has some gambling debts. But, I mean, like, if you gamble that much, you will. But you, he's Michael Jordan. He has the money. So, I mean, yeah, you have not, money. not a big deal whatsoever. Yeah, it's not, man. It's... It just shows that like any great player gets built up to be torn down by somebody. It's always gonna be that one person that's gonna wanna break down that person. And it's it's really sick because it's like when they come into the league, they're so young and you're so hyped to see them. But it's like, once they don't do something that you agree with, or like the media agrees with, you get looked down upon and you get criticized, man. But that's, that's what comes, man, with being great. So, yeah. Ooh, and they put out that commercial I want to be like Mike man none of y'all kids want to be like that yeah no. um yeah I like that point also cause like I feel like it's always um especially like today like today athletes might have it worse in this aspect of like social media always has this thing where like there's always gonna be a flip side to something right it's always gonna be like people who look at something always negative so like yeah Mike probably would've like people like had dislike for Mike in certain areas but like it was way overpopulated by like the love he got. But like today, if you're a star and you get to a certain level, like there's a whole different side of that's like all negative and it's like you can't get away from it essentially. Right. Like just how Stephen Curry, all the hype around Stephen Curry and you know what I'm saying, me and you, of course, we were we were in high school and we, we could actually see that and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying that was like the prime of our basketball years. You know what I'm saying? Loving basketball and understanding basketball now. Uh, I know we're getting wiser, but it's like the game was changing. We could see like, okay, like everybody's shooting threes now. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wants to handle the ball now. You know, it don't matter what size you are. But now that it's changed, it's like, okay, Stephen Curry, we don't really talk about you anymore. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's, that's just how it is, bro. Like, you get built up to be torn down, and it sucks, bro. Like, because Steph, bro, a lot of people don't have appreciation for Steph. People just think he's a three-point checker, bro. But man, all around, bro, Steph is Steph has done a lot for us, man. And while being a model citizen, and you know, what saying, true. Can't agree. Can't agree more. Yep. But uh, I think that's that's all the segments. I mean, the the Last Dance documentary didn't really. It went in. It went into detail about some series about with Charles Barkley. Yeah. Oh, that. That um, I need to touch on that. Is this uh, 
first of all, I just have to give kudos to Mike Floyd, you know. I'm gonna just, I have to joke and slander Mike a little bit. I have to, I'm sorry. I, just, I have to. Yeah. Um, it's because the old heads, though. Like, it's because the old heads be really trying to make it seem like this man, like, can't do no wrong. That's yeah. all. Like I say, it's not, it's not Mike that I, I don't have no disdain, Michael Jordan. Um, but like the hypocrisy of people who, cause like it's it's only like older generation to tell the younger generation what came before us, and what they be telling us every week I see, is hypocrisy and you're lying to me. Like I don't get, I don't get it. Usually <laughs> like, okay, Michael Jordan, they say he scored all the points in the fourth until Paxson hit that shot. Now look like Paxson is doing a lot in these finals. <laughs> <laughs> Game five versus the Lakers, he's knocking that shot, closes it out. The big yeah. shot Bob back then. Game six against the, the Suns. He's knocking down three. They win the series. And, like, the fact that we just touched on, like, the whole everything Michael had to deal with. Like, he was he's mentally tough for going through that, yes. But at the end of the day, he still did retire in his prime. Like, if you, if, like, and then we we have players today who get, who get, who get criticized for being not mentally tough because. Ron did that, bro. Yeah, like, like KD gets criticized not being mentally tough because he responds on Twitter or something like that. But this man, because of he didn't want to deal with being Michael Jordan, like the had to live up to everything, he only retired at his peak. Like, if any player retired in their peak right now because of the, which is we will later see because, like, I know his father passed and I probably added to it. Yeah. But, like, if any player today in their peak, just retired like if literally if, if Kevin Durant was like eh, I'm done I'm not playing basketball or just like LeBron or James Harden just like eh, I'm done like we were looking at them crazy like for why it's like eh, I'm just tired of dealing with y'all and you know what I'm saying like like I was saying like MJ isn't perfect you know what I'm saying like Mm-mm. he may have not broken any rules but to retire on an organization that you're building up in the middle of your prime, that's like pretty much going back on your word, kind of. Like, that's pretty much going back on your word. Like, LeBron, if LeBron does that in his prime, he will net, like this, first of all, this man went to another team. That's, he went to another team to have success. That's like quitting a job that pays less and going to one that pays more, kind of. And you're criticizing a man for doing that. For, for building a team that he can have have success with. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty much what LeBron did. But we don't criticize Jordan for anything. Mm-hmm. That he, you know what I'm saying? Of course, we're going to go, we're going to see the reasons why he retired. But it's like people give him a pass for it, bro. Like people really write this man off. And it's like, he's going through a lot, but he doesn't go through all the the detailed criticism and all the pickiness of the media today because it's uh, yeah. 10 times it's 10 times worse. yeah um yeah on that point like people switching teams today like they get criticized for that like only reason you, you should criticize switching teams if like if you go to a different team and you're like less of a player like you're second fiddle right okay then I understand but like LeBron went to the Heat he's the best player he went to the Cavs again he's the best player he went to the Lakers he's the best player Kevin Durant left to the Warriors. He's the best player. Right. That's why like, I forget why people say it does. Kevin Durant's championships count. You know what I'm saying? Of course, they had a dominant team. You know what I'm saying? They already had a dominant team before he went there. But like Kevin Durant, like had he played his best basketball. You know what I'm saying? He mm-hmm. man, knock him. I could see if he went there and averaged 24 points, 25 points. Nah, he didn't do that. Right. But he averaged, I think the last season he was there, he did average 25, but he averaged like on 58% shooting. Like the dude was shooting crazy efficient playing defense, getting blocks. Yeah, so like Mike retiring, and we, we're going to see at the doctor, but like, he, he, then he came back after the Bulls were still like the best team, arguably the best team in the league. So it's not like he came back and was like, to like the Bulls fell off. No, no, you came back and y'all picked up where y'all was, obviously, because y'all won three straight. So. Exactly. You pretty much had a better Scotty Pippen when you came back. You know what And you added Dennis. And you added Dennis Rodman, but he can't. So Michael gets, you know, good players on his team. And I and I know Jerry Klaus was the 
the orchestrator and drafted guys, drafted good guys and got, you know what I'm saying, good solid pieces around him. But that's the that's what the GM does. You know what I'm saying? Of course the players kind of put they put their little hand into it, but it just seems now like when somebody comes to a team, it's all on the player. You know, it's all on the player or this guy got him to come over here. You know what I'm saying? The GM has to work that out. Like it's really the it's really the GM doing that. It's true. Man, today today is so different compared um, to that era, bro. And this documentary is just like a history class, really. And just seeing how things evolved. Yeah, and definitely, especially like for me, being like, I was being like trying to go in like media field essentially. Like, right. it's interesting to see like, cause like today, like some of this stuff like on like daily talk shows, like yeah. with this, like the little things that were happening, like would just pick up and have a wild story behind it. <laughs> Literally. Yes. Um, so, we're done on our segment, sir. Yeah. It sounds like it's time for the song of the day. <laughs> um, I didn't know. Mr. Drake, Aubrey, Graham himself, Drizzy, the boy, whatever you want to call him. Got the little, little tape for us, you know? Um, Essentially, a bunch of Lucy, you know, some leaks that was on the TL, TL. But I don't personally, I don't really listen to leaks. Um, I just kind of like to hear, unless it's like really fire, I'm not gonna listen to a leak. Right. Like that, um, with that Nudie and Playboy Cardi song, that's like like one of the rare leaks I listen to. Yeah. But I like to hear finished products. So, um, my song of the day, you know, shout out to Desires, my boy Future. Okay. <laughs> Desires lit. Fire, but I've heard that before. So the song I didn't hear before before this came out, um, Deep Pockets, man, we rolling, man, we rolling. Deep Pockets, with my phone is. Oh my god, Deep Pockets is it's different. That's the first song on there. So like, he came out with a banger, bro. Like he came out with a straight banger, bro. Like I don't know if it's just me, but like Drake doesn't put out bad music. <laughs> He doesn't. Like, it's some songs that it's like, okay, you can skip it. It's like, none of these songs be bad, bro. Yeah, no. Um, personally, I think, um, I'm like, like rapping type Drake is like my favorite. Like, I think it's like rapping type Drake, like singing type Drake. And then like, like Drake makes bangers like easily. So like, that's not like really like, eh. but like when his R&B bag, his rapping bag, I, I, I'm bang with it. Yeah, his R&B bag. Is definitely different. The man is versatile. Um, but I would say before you say you, I'm gonna say um, Austin was earlier like, if you realize like Drake literally, like I don't know if he challenges himself to do this, but like he goes with any flow. Like, I literally listened to this like he was on the song with Fabio, doing yeah, like May flow. Your flow. Yeah. Doing May flow, and then he does like Playboy Cardi, <laughs> Playboy Cardi flow. Like he's just versatile, like you said. It's crazy. He's definitely been doing it, but like mine uh, is definitely on the same album. Uh, this album has been on repeat for me, but uh, like you said, rapping Drake is, is tough. I love the rapping Drake songs where it's like he used that, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like how, like how him and Future uh, just rap, they just go back and forth and they rap fast. It's like, mm-hmm. like Drake is like, I don't know, bro. It's something about his voice, bro. Like, it's just it's smooth, bro. So it's like, when he rap like that, you just start, like, bobbing your head to it. But uh, this song where uh, him, these are, like, all, these these rappers are all in my top five. Drake is, like, at my fifth, like, yeah. my second favorite rapper, and Young Thug is, like, my first rapper. Thugger, Thugger. Favorite rapper. So it's, like, all these goats in one, and this song's called Depot L, like, Yo, when I heard this, bro, like, I could not stop smiling. Because, like, they were all just, like, going back and forth on verses. And I'm just like, yo, this is, yeah, this is hard. But, you know, D4 is hard. Dark Lane demo tapes, man. That's different, Drake. That's different, man. I know, I know next week when we do this, I'm going to have my girl, my girl Kalani dropping. Okay. Come on, man. That, uh, that, uh, phenomenal. <laughs> I'm crazy, okay. I'm weak now. Um, for my question of the day, it's kind of hard to think of one, but I thought about um, what's gonna call it? I wore like a little shopping spree this week. Oh, yeah. I, 
Yeah, as I told y'all, I, um, I'm trying to increase my pop-out bag. Like, yeah. I feel like I need to, like, that's, like, the one element. Like, I got the cozy bag covered, just chilling. Yeah. I need to get the pop-out bag out. So, I, um, no, 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 this will sound weird, but shout out to Pinterest. I don't know if you got Pinterest. Oh, no, I have Pinterest. Pinterest is fire. Pinterest, Pinterest comes in clutch when you need, like, dating ideas, tattoo ideas. Oh. Any idea that you need, Pinterest is there. Yeah, I was stuck. I was like, somebody was like, download Pinterest. I was like, all right, I'm gonna see. And I went on there and saw the clothes. I was like, this, like, this little, I'm, I call it the art boy bag. Yeah. That, like, I'm trying to tap into, like, the little plaid pants look or, like, the, uh, like, sweater with the collar poking, like, all that so type. You're trying to go for, like, a, like, a colorful, like, like, not, usual like not plain type bag you're trying to come out of your comfort zone type yeah okay. i'm saying so like i'm really trying to have like all type of bags because i'm trying to be able to like throw on the bubble coat be the dope boy right let me throw on the the jumpsuit just be cozy with a jean jacket you know what i'm saying the <laughs> jean jacket hoodie i can do that i can do i can put a suit on nah, and, and you feel me? i can i can throw on a little plaid pants with the you know a little art boy look, a little, a little emo look. You know what I mean? Uh, I feel it. Like, I feel like, I feel like if the clothes fit you right, anything will look good, and you will look good at anything. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what color it is. You know what I'm saying? If people don't like it, if it fits you, you know what I'm saying? That's that's what I really care about. But like, nah, I, I I commend you for getting into your bag, man, and trying to step out of your comfort zone. Once, once this quarantine is over, I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying, get a little job for myself, man, um, before I go back to school and so I can get into my bag too, man, but I don't know. I haven't really, like, after after I left high school, I really stopped really, like, caring about, like, like fashion and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to get back motivated with that, though. Yeah. Um, I have another question, but, like, also I was telling people, like, like, brands to me, like, don't really, like matter that much anymore like i just said if it fits it looks good yeah like brand like as long as it look good i'm cool but um i have this question inspired by mr walter crouch himself um our brother our brother got the baggie on a bay putty this week oh yeah yeah he definitely did bro bro said it was like 469 like but bro you yo but he's big money he's big money (laughs) he's big money 500 for a hood for one hoodie bro like and and like me, bro, like when I left high school, I I became more, you know, as you get in college, like you try to like save, 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 mm-hmm. like hold your own money. So like I become kind of like cheap, I guess you could say. Boy, I'm I'm a boohoo fanatic, and boohoo is is. Hey, like, I appreciate like, for that one. That one's fire. The clothing line that's like it's kind of cheap, but the clothes look good, and like they they make clothes for like big and tall and like for like lean athletic guys, you know what I'm saying? So like I go in there and they always got 40% sales. Like hoodies are like 20 to $30. This man got a $465 hoodie. Like I can get on Boohoo, bro. Like that's like 30, that's like, no, it's not 30, but it's like 15 hoodies, bro. Bro, five hundred on Boohoo is a bag. Like I might, when the rest of this look I'm trying to complete, I might be able to do that with five hundred. But no, bro, like, like you go on Boohoo, you'll be able to get thirty items if, if all the stuff is still in stock, bro. If you have like just three hundred dollars just to blow on the cart, bro. But like, um, what did you, what did you cop from ASOS? I seen you had cop some stuff. Oh, I had dropped those like those are the jumpsuits I got. I got like um. A burgundy one, a purple one, and like a olive green one. Yeah, like them, uh, them, uh, them solid colored uh, jumpsuits, man. I think they coming back in style because they was pretty big back in the day. Yeah, fact. Um, but no, my question is off of this man, Walt buying that. Uh, and what's like the one like designer thing you would buy if you just had the brand? Me, I would. It's like this one Gucci hoodie that like all the rappers have worn. It's uh, like the Gucci like in the middle. You yeah, ever seen like the cream, John? Like. Green joint, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I want to call it. Those, hey, those, are, those are different. Like, like, bro, you, you're big money if you wearing those, bro. Mm. Big money, but I think the one designer thing I would probably buy 
is um hmm I do like jewelry but oh that August oh I think I don't know if you remember I would get I would get these Versace shorts that LeBron wore in um, the open runs in 2000 I think 18 like I'm gonna send you the video later but he, you know, them the open runs, uh, Chris Brinkley in New York, like, mm-hmm. like all the NBA players came out to this open run, and LeBron came out, and I think his LeBron sixteen had just dropped. Yeah, his LeBron sixteen had just dropped, and he was wearing them in all black, and he was wearing these Versace shorts, and I'm just like, yo, those are hard, because you know, I just like plain stuff. I just like black, mm-hmm. um, black stuff. Uh, solid color thing so like it just had Versace like all over that you know in white and then the shorts was black but I feel like that's the only that's like the only thing I would get cause like I'm not like a big designer person like yeah not no more not yeah I try but I, I went through the phase where I had design like I brought a Supreme bag I brought like two Louis like I bought bro I remember bro I was so dumb bro I, I really bought two Louis Vuitton shirts and did not wear them like Oh, and the Gucci slide. It didn't look good on me. It didn't look good. It didn't fit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's when I started realizing, like, yo, I just really just wasted my money. <laughs> like, like I, can I take this back? <laughs> do, you, do you still got the Gucci slides at least? Yeah, I, I just actually wore the Gucci slides going outside, but um, they all white, so they, they about dinged up, yellowed up. You know what I'm saying? Whatever that. You know what I'm saying? But I ain't getting no more Gucci because them two fifty, them joints two hundred. Oof, yeah, nah. I can get a pair of J's or bronze with those. Yeah, other than that, I don't think I do want like the jewelry part. I want like a choker, a choker necklace. Yeah. Um, and I want to pair them. Um, them like just Don shorts you like the Laker, the Laker ones you got. Mm-hmm. I like want to pair them. I don't know what team, but I want like a pair of them. They yeah, tough. those those LeBron hoodies is tough. I mean, LeBron shorts is tough. That he wore, but yeah, I I think they got a website out there with all types of shorts like that. Them short shorts. Yeah, I need to go invest. Uh, well, we have come to the end. Yes, sir. Uh, what is this? The third episode of the series? Yep. Um, it's episode thirteen overall for me. Yeah, this is episode three overall. With Shade the Great podcast. Y'all know um, what I say, man. Just just be safe, man. But live your life, man. Like surviving it, bro. Surviving out here, bro. Like we see the world for really what it is now, bro. Like they they just trying to push the negative, the negative narrative on us, bro. Like don't sit in your house, go out, run, meditate, get some sun. You know what I'm saying? Still live, man. But you know what I'm saying, stay safe, stay blessed. I'll see y'all on the next one.